Join us in celebrating the power and potential of women with minds in action to MFM's exclusive interview series for New South Wales Women's Week, showcasing Muslim women who are challenging stereotypes and overcoming barriers in healthcare and STEM fields. Get ready to be inspired by their incredible stories as we explore the experiences, challenges and triumphs of these remarkable women who are making waves in their respective fields. Minds in Action, empowering women, one story at a time. Today, women make up a significant portion of the medical workforce in Australia, with many talented and dedicated female doctors, nurses and other healthcare professionals working tirelessly to provide high-quality care to patients across the country. Women are also increasingly occupying leadership positions in the medical field. In our special interview for New South Wales Women's Week this year, we're thrilled to be joined by Dr. Shashmita, a Bangladeshi-Australian Muslim doctor who has dedicated her career to serving patients and advocating for greater diversity and inclusion in the medical field. Dr. Shashmita completed her medical studies, embarked on her general practice training and has since been making a profound impact in her community by providing high-quality, compassionate care to her patients. Today, we'll be discussing her experiences as a woman in medicine, the challenges, lessons and triumphs she faces in the healthcare industry, and her advice for aspiring young women who are passionate about pursuing careers in healthcare. Thank you so much for joining us today, Shashmita. No worries. Thank you for having me, Nadia. So can you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and your background and what sparked your interest in pursuing a career in medicine? Um, so as I think you mentioned before, I am a Bangladeshi Australian um, Muslim also, grew up here in Australia and I guess I was provided with um, the wonderful education that our education system provides. In terms of what sparked my career or interest in medicine, I guess from an early age I hadn't I had an interest in bio, biology and the sciences, considering my father was a science teacher um, within Australian high schools. Um, so that really sparked my journey into pursuing something in the science field. Why medicine in particular? I just thought it would be a good way to apply my fundamental knowledge of science to problems related to people within the community and to help them overcome that. So I guess it's just an interesting and practical way of applying my knowledge um, in a career, in a sort of career basis. Mm. And, and they always recommend for us to pursue a career that we are passionate about and that we feel that we do well at. So I think you combine the two, you put them together and you put mm -hmm. it into practice. So well done to you. So share with us your journey to becoming a doctor. How many years of study did it take? Mm -hmm. um, and what were some of the challenges you faced along the way? My journey wasn't so straightforward. Um, I guess there are different pathways which people take to get into medicine. In particular, there's the undergraduate and postgraduate route. So after doing my HSC, I applied for the medical program. You need to have a 
the UMAT and an interview. So the first time I tried, I just missed out based on my UMAT marks. But I tried again the next year. Um, and then I unfortunately did not do so well on my interview. I was a very shy person back in the day, not confident with myself and was unable to come across well in the interview. So I did try another time. And then um, that was in the, my fourth year of the current degree that I was doing. So I did embark on doing chemical and biomedical engineering after I started high school. But still in the back of my heart, I knew I always wanted to do medicine and to have a career in which I was people facing and interacting with people on a daily basis as opposed to being in an office environment. So within my on my fourth try essentially, um, I was able to do well in the interview and be offered a place in medicine and that was at the University of Western Sydney where I embarked on my career um, in medicine. It was a wonderful experience. It was a five-year degree because it was an undergraduate degree um, and after I completed that in 2018, I started working as a junior doctor and completing my internship and residency at Westmead Hospital, which is a large um, tertiary hospital in the in Western Sydney. Um, so there was lots to see and learn at that hospital. After completing my intern residency, I did then start doing my um, basic physicians training. So I did want to pursue a career within the hospital system and become a physician in a particular specialty. I only did a year of that before actually going on maternity leave and changing my mind about pursuing a career um, within the Physicians Network and changing to the General Practice College. Um, I guess, yeah, the challenges that I faced along the way, um, apart from the initial early challenges of getting into medical school, was probably the rigorous nature of medical school. Um, there is a lot of information that needs to be gathered and processed and applied um, within the hospital system and starting work. The challenges that you face there, I think are a lot of the, it's, it's very physically demanding, emotionally demanding. Um, and it is it's a career that I would say puts a lot of toll on you because of the high stakes nature. You're dealing with people's lives and in the hospital, people have come in quite acutely unwell. Um, you know, there's, you do work as a team but you do also have to work quite independently yourself in making clinical decisions and not relying on everyone to make these decisions for you. So it's something that was, um, I guess, quite can be quite nerve wracking um, to do uh, job wise. So th those are my main challenges, um, along with, I guess, it being such a demanding role, working out how to balance a life outside work um, and not letting work actually burn me out. Absolutely. Um, by the end of the year. Absolutely. I can imagine from what you said and from, you know, our understanding of this process that it can be quite rigorous. You know, you've got, you, you mm. have to maintain high academic standards, you know, complete clinical rotations and, and gain mm -hmm. quite extensive number of practical experience in a number of mm -hmm. medical settings. So it can, it, it does require a significant amount of dedication hard work and sacrifice. But, you know, despite the challenges, you know, becoming a doctor can be a highly rewarding and fulfilling career path for anybody who is committed mm -hmm. to the profession. You know, you've got the opportunity mm -hmm. to make a significant 
a positive impact on the lives of patients, you know, get to work with cutting edge medical technology and be a part of Mm. such a dynamic and constantly evolving field. So there's no opportunity for for boredom. Um, Talk to us about some of, I guess, the most rewarding aspect about working in this area and share with us some memorable or impactful experiences that you've had um, during your time working as a doctor? Um, I guess there is lots that was rewarding within working as a doctor in the hospital system and now in the GP setting. So it's just it's just very re- rewarding to have someone come in with their kind of quite personal problems um, and for you to be able to provide a solution for them to help kind of better their lives or to alleviate like their pain, alleviate, say, any sorrows or um, alleviate any physical kind of um, burdens that they have um, and to see them come back and to be bettered from the treatment that you initiated. So I think that is like one of the most rewarding things, just to know that you have actually actually helped someone and you can see the actual, you can see the consequences of that mm. help on that person. So you can see like, I guess you can see the impact and the, the result of yes. your care. I can imagine how much of a fulfilling experience that is for you. But at the same time, we can't forget the fact that it is a huge responsibility and it's that stress Mm -hmm. of ensuring that, you know, you you don't affect them in any way, shape or form. As a woman in medicine, what do you think are some of the key skills and qualities that are necessary for success in this field? I think um, as a woman in medicine and just generally in medicine, some of the key skills and qualities for success in this field would probably be resilience. To be resilient in the in this line of work means to have that resilience of mind um, in terms of there's a lot of, I guess, emotional fatigue that can happen seeing patients in and out daily that are sick or dying or have died on you. So just to kind of, in that aspect, have that emotional resilience um, and also, another thing would be to just be quite determined and have grit and to be quite self-directed in the way that you work. So a lot of medicine is uh, self-directed learning. I mean, during medical school, you do get your necessary lectures and tutorials. Um, within the workplace, there's so much more to learn um, and so much more practical skills you need to learn on the go. So it's a lot of, um, you know, being self-directed and determined to learn that on your own. Um, that's one of the main things I think really is necessary in the medical field because it's a, as everyone says, it is a field in which you are doing lifelong learning. Things are constantly in, evolving in terms of treatments and practices. That's something you need to um, keep on top of on a daily basis. Um, otherwise, you need to learn how to kind of balance the stresses that come with a hospital life and having a good work-life balance. Mm. So I think if you can do that, then that's something in which if you apply it well, you'll be able to focus on work better, um, not get run down by the hospital system and yeah, not get run down by, I guess, the sheer responsibility um, that is upon you when treating treating an unwell patient and their family members. So I understand that you are a working mother. You do have a child. How do you balance your professional and personal life and what strategies do you use to manage stress and stay motivated? Um, so I just recently became a mother 
so to are now nine months old and I only recently started going back to work a few weeks ago having had maternity leave prior to this um, in terms of it it's been a bit of a difficult one trying to figure out um, how to balance the professional and personal life currently I am working part-time um, which has been a big help in transitioning from from motherhood to going back into full-time work eventually. Um, I think that's really helped in terms of um, balancing and managing stress and staying motivated with this work. And it allows me to also focus on my family life in the days that I'm off and also to keep up to date and have time to um, keep myself up with the new emerging treatments and management practices that I need to um, keep myself on top of. Um, otherwise, in terms of managing stress and staying motivated, it's all about, I think, implementing things that I find enjoyable, um, such as uh, going out, having walks in nature, being able to de-stress and read a book in the times that I want to, maintaining a healthy diet and exercise routine. Um, one of the things to note is that regular exercise is one of the key factors in a lot of um, junior medicals, um, in a lot of junior medical doctors to not get burnt out. Um, so that's something that's been very effective to implement regular exercise um, in my day-to-day -day regime. Um, and I guess otherwise, just to have a very support, the biggest thing I would say is to have a good supportive network. So I'm very fortunate to have um, a very supportive husband, in-laws and father who are very close living around me. Um, to help out when needed and that's really been the biggest factor in being able to balance for me and manage stress as a uh, working mother. Absolutely that supportive network is so critical for any working mother. Mm -hmm. um, you need that support especially in terms of your relationship with your spouse and, and making sure that the the work at home is also split between the husband and the wife as well. You know, I'm sure as a doctor, you would have seen firsthand how the pandemic has brought about new challenges and forced people to adapt to new ways of working. So how did the COVID-19 pandemic affect your work and the medical field as a whole? And what lessons do you think um, we can learn from this experience? Um, yeah, so the COVID-19 pandemic, I think, had a very big effect on how we work. Um, within the medical field. At the time that the COVID pandemic was at its peak, all of us medical professionals were on edge within the hospital and outside of the hospital. Um, within the hospital, I was actually working within, um, at certain periods of that time, within the COVID-affected wards, um, looking after the COVID-positive patients who are quite unwell. Um, so in seeing that and being, and having to treat these patients, it was quite, um, I guess, for us doctors at the time in this in in working with the COVID-19 patients, it was quite scary to then go home and potentially risk infecting our family members. Um, so for us, I think it was a time where we were trying to be very diligent with our um, with our infectious disease practices and not um, transferring any particles to our family or or friends that may have been around us. Um, in terms of the lessons, I guess that come out of this situation is to always be prepared for um, these emergencies within the hospital setting. I think there's been a lot of changes in the um, departmental policy and 
um, the way in which things are managed in case of other, I guess, pandemic type events. So I think we are better prepared for mass emergencies now in the future um, with set regulations and protocols that have now been established through COVID-19, um, through the COVID-19 pandemic. I think other lessons is to also, um, you know, because it was at a time where we were unable to see our families, see our friends, or really enjoy the things that we wanted to do um, because of the restrictions that were in place. So I think everyone um, has from from the COVID-19 pandemic probably learned to be probably more appreciative of our freedoms, of uh, of the ability to see our family and friends. I mean, that's sure that's definitely something that I got out of um, my experience within the pandemic era is just to kind of yeah be more appreciative of everything around me and um, take advantage of the freedoms that we have while we have it. That's right, exactly. And it also highlighted the importance of taking care of our own health and well-being and, you know, mm. self-care and mental health are really crucial aspects of any profession, but they are particularly yeah. important as we know in the medical field because doctors are often exposed to high levels of stress, long hours and emotionally charged situations. So it, it really, the COVID-19 pandemic mm. added that extra layer of challenge to being a doctor on the front line. You know, mm -hmm. you mentioned mm, that absolutely. risk of um, contracting the virus due to your exposure to infected patients. Mm. And then you may be required to work with limited protective gear and equipment. So there's a lot um, that went, in, went into it. And that's why um, as a health professional, you deserve to be commended and acknowledged for your sacrifices and your hard work and dedication it's unfortunately common for women in the medical field to face barriers and challenges related to their gender. And this can include things like discrimination, bias and stereotypes, as well as challenges related to work-life balance, family responsibilities and other factors. So as a woman in the medical field, have you faced any particular barriers or challenges related to your gender? If so, how have you navigated those obstacles? Hmm. Um, fortunately, I haven't experienced too many barriers or challenges related to my gender per se. Um, there may be, um, but I, but there have been instances where I have heard from my colleagues um, where they feel like they are being um, biased against because of their gender in certain um, training pathways, such as a surgical training pathways, where it's very much sometimes a boys club. I think the culture around mm -hmm. that is changing, but it is still a bit apparent. I was fortunate to not have experienced this so far um, but I do think there is an implicit um, kind of there are implicit barriers and challenges that may not be so obvious which are related to our gender um, and I think I've mainly kind of seen that after establishing a family becoming a mother and just seeing how difficult it can be to pursue the more rigorous training specialties um, with with the obstacles that are maintaining a good family life balance. That's right, exactly. But, you know, I think the COVID pandemic really accelerated opportunities for women to sort of embrace that work-life balance. And I think, you mm. know, workplaces have become more open to facilitating mm. 
that for women. And that's, that's I, I've personally seen that, whereas prior to COVID-19, um, you know, they would look at you in dismay and say, no, this is not something that you can do. You can't work from home. But now more and more women are working from home. But as a doctor, you don't have that option of, of working from home, right? But there are yeah, other ways that they can facilitate that work-life balance and provide you with mm. that support that you need as a woman. Mm. So, you know, we know that challenging stereotypes and breaking down barriers in any field can be uh, quite a challenging and, and ongoing process. How do you challenge stereotypes and break down barriers in your work as a doctor? And what advice would you give to other women who are working to do the same? I think um, in terms of challenging stereotypes, it would probably just be um, me actively trying to be the best doctor that I can be um, to any patients that see me that may have certain biases against me being um, a young female within the profession. I think challenging the in my way to challenge those stereotypes is to be as professional as I can be knowledgeable empathetic and just be the best doctor that I can be for the patients that I am currently treating and I think that is the best way to um, challenge stereotypes and break down barriers yeah. um in a kind of more non non-confrontational way um to change the opinions of people that may have certain bias um towards you because of the stereotypes that they hold Um, And in terms of uh, advice that I would give to um, women, to give to other women who are working and do the same, I think just to be the best of yourself, to be a shining example um, for others around you, to really kind of change the perception that someone may have of a certain community, um, a certain community, whether it be um, based on your ethnicity or gender. So just to be the best of yourself, um, to do your best, um, and challenge those stereotypes and break down those barriers in that way. I, I mean, if an active conversation ever arises, I guess that could be something, you know, it could be a way in which this could also be addressed. Mm. And I think it's really important, you know, to lead by example. As a doctor, you yeah. can model inclusive behaviour and, and really challenge mm. those stereotypes in the way that you interact with patients, with colleagues and mm. other people. So I think... Being an advocate for change is is really so important, um, you know, yeah. to speak up when you see bias or discrimination in the workplace and advocate for policies and initiatives that promote diversity and inclusion. A very important part of your job is is really having empathy and compassion. How do you ensure that your mm-hmm. patients feel heard and supported? Um, so in terms of how... I guess to ensure that the patients are feeling heard and supported is to always engage with them in like open, direct and culturally safe manner um, to address all their concerns and questions without any bias and obviously with full empathy and compassion. That's what we're taught from, um, I guess, the earliest stages of medicine and throughout our our career, Um, pretty much how to make patients feel heard and supported and to advocate for them. Um, I guess to always... um, always to flag with them and assess the understanding of what's happening within a consultation, um, you know, relaying to them if they're satisfied at the end of the consultation with whatever's proposed and if they're not, how could that be allayed in any way? Um, and in terms of them feeling supported to, if, you know, if, they're, if, it's a, if they're someone from a marginalised community, if you think there's someone who's going to struggle with the instructions given in the consultation, then to kind of go a bit more out of your way to um, get things done for them. So, you know, if you think they're going to have difficulty booking in for an x-ray that you order for them, giving like that 
x-ray service call and booking it in for them you know doing mm. things doing small things out of your way to kind of really get give that patient that care that's needed and support them um in the best way that you can um yeah and i think a lot of like i guess um for more like for the broad spectrum of communities like engaging in like cultural safe practices so um understanding what would be this patient's cultural beliefs and how does that align with what you're saying so i kind of being quite cognizant of that i think really helps um to be empathetic and compassionate and make the patients feel heard and supported. That's right. I think they're key words. They're feeling heard, understood and supported because when mm. they feel that way, they're more likely to adhere to their treatment plans, report symptoms accurately and, you know, experience better health outcomes. So it's it's really yeah. important um, to have empathy and compassion. They do play a critical role in medicine Absolutely. because... It, it helps really establish that strong connection and, and trust between healthcare providers and their patients. And it's not something, I guess, you learn at university. It's it's part of the experience. Mm. It's it's about really experiencing the real world and um, you know incorporating those those really critical values that that you know and and believe in. Mm. How do you believe um, women can be better supported and encouraged? to pursue careers in medicine and, you know, perhaps sometimes women feel a bit um, discouraged, I suppose. They feel that they're not good yeah. enough to pursue something like that. It is a quite competitive field. Um, it is challenging yeah. and a lot of people, a lot of women don't like to get out of their comfort zone. So what would your advice yeah. be to those women? Yeah, so I think in terms of how to encourage other women to pursue, yeah, as, as you're saying, these kind of STEM careers and traditionally male-dominated fields, I think it would need to start from an early age to, you know, providing examples to women of other women who have done and achieved this, who are able to strike a good balance um, outside of their life within their career and who are really thriving within their career, who have that um, real um, zeal and passion for their career. I think if you can show that early on, I think potentially during... Um, the fundamental years of high school where people are still deciding on their careers, it may potentially push um, these women to want to pursue the same thing um, if they are able to yeah, have that role model that they can look to um, and say, if they can do it, then I can do it. And I think if you have a diversity, uh, like a diverse range of women um, to show that example, I think that helps um, and speaks even more volumes um, to a broad demographic of women um, yeah, so just I guess I think that would mm. be the best way. And also to be an active um, and available role model. So if there are any people within the community who are interested in um, the field that you're in or any other field that they can um, easily contact you and talk to you and um, get advice as needed. That's right. I I can attest to that, that really having those role models, having that access to those role models and mentors, mm. that can be really highly effective in inspiring and motivating them to mm. pursue similar career paths. 
And mm. it doesn't necessarily have to be through formal mentorship programs or networking events. Mm. It's about really establishing that connection with those people, keeping them within your circle. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where that, you know, supportive environment comes in. Having that supportive and inclusive environment is so important for, you know, attracting and retaining women in male-dominated fields. Um, so mm. there's there's a lot that we can do, but it's really, it's a multifaceted approach it really involves individual and systemic factors. But, mm. you know, by really implementing what you mentioned, we can really help to promote that diverse and inclusive workforce that benefits everyone mm. as well. Um, what advice would you give to young women who are interested in perhaps pursuing not only a career in medicine, but we, we do have other careers. Um, we have careers mm. in STEM, so science, technology, mm engineering, mathematics, and also volunteer roles. Mm. What, what is your message to those women in pursuing those careers and also for those women in those careers, you know, as we celebrate New South Wales Women's Week and honour the accomplishments of women across these fields? Mm, absolutely. In terms of um, advice to give to young women, I mean, absolutely pursue pursue a career in these fields if you have an interest or if you have a passion it's very rewarding it is a very diverse field the stem field there's so many things that you can do um, after getting that initial degree or even volunteering in these fields um, and I would say you know that more and more as we go on these fields the proportion of women in these fields is just getting higher and higher um, so you won't be isolated in that field. Um, there are so many women out there who will support you in this field. Um, and, you know, there's so much within this field that you can do to give back to the community that you're working in. And, and you know, that's one of the most rewarding things, I think, within a career is to establish change, positive change, um, and help the community around you. Um, so if that's something that you would be interested in and you want to be challenged as well and you know be in a line of work that is interesting I would say STEM you know STEM and STEM healthcare um, and you know the other volunteer roles within that sector are just a great opportunity in which you can do that Um, and you know women in that field you know it's it's very commendable I think to you know be working um, in the STEM field because there are those um, challenges that come with being a woman um, in that field. And, you know, I think, you know, as we go on, um, I'm hoping that things will just get um, better and more supportive for women. That's right. We really encourage all women to either pursue or continue pursuing their passions and ambitions, even in the face of adversity, because, you know, Mm. our contributions, no matter how small, are really essential to driving innovation, you know, improving healthcare outcomes and and building stronger communities. So really we should, Mm. you know, strive to break down barriers and hopefully inspire future generations of women to also pursue their dreams. So Thank you so much for joining us today, Shushmita, and for sharing your really amazing experiences and insights with our listeners. It's so important that we continue to support and celebrate the many talented and dedicated women who are making a tremendous difference in this important field. We wish you all the best in your career and we look forward to seeing the many great things that you will accomplish in the years ahead. Thank you so much for having me, Nadia. Wonderful segment. 
We honestly appreciate your time with us today. Join us in celebrating the power and potential of women with minds in action to MFM's exclusive interview series for New South Wales Women's Week, showcasing Muslim women who are challenging stereotypes and overcoming barriers in healthcare and STEM fields. Get ready to be inspired by their incredible stories as we explore the experiences, challenges and triumphs of these remarkable women who are making waves in their respective fields. Minds in Action, empowering women, one story at a time.